0: three and it's crazy because i feel like i just filmed episode two and episode one the weeks are flying by fast we got my two lit crew with me y'all know i'm snook cole and paul was good with my crew today i'm not gonna ask you how your week went i'm gonna ask you about something going on i have a question for all of you all okay so, all right. A source confirms that the NHL is planning to to the private purchase of a COVID vaccine for all constituents involved in the potential upcoming season. Now, this made like thousands of people mad for obvious reasons. They feel like the sports leagues are cutting the line. They feel like, oh, so you can pay your way to a vaccine. There's all kinds of complaints. My question is for all of you guys, do you have a problem with sports leagues being able to purchase large amounts of vaccines early? Let's start with you, Snook.
1: Well, I I think it sends a bad message to the public who is really uh, leery of the vaccine anyway. And they're thinking that from the news we've seen on TV that the rich and the famous get it before get treatments and things that the normal public does not. So I think it just perpetuates and, uh, uh, you know, goes into that uh, feeling that, you know, the rich and famous are getting it and they're
0: not. Okay, and and what purpose, do you feel? And so Snook thinks that you should not be able to pay your way to health things. Um, there's some people that say, well, if we want those same athletes to entertain us under unusual circumstances, which we did last season, then they should be allowed to get it. But Cole, what is your thoughts? Go ahead.
2: <laughs> go ahead, four teams. Y'all just go ahead and do all you want to do because we're just going to watch what happens. And that way, by the time y'all pay y'all way through it and everybody gets it, we figure out what's going to happen, then we can trickle on down to the rest of the people. I mean, I know there's <laughs> some people who want it up front, but I say go ahead. This is like, what I mean, this is the best testing you can do.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, probably no VP what are your thoughts about sports leagues getting the vaccine and again they're getting it from a private company but what what are your thoughts about getting the vaccine?
3: um yeah no I mean I think why not if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna put on sports then I guess why shouldn't they do it?
0: Okay. He's short and simple. He said, why not? If they're going to put on sports, give the folks the vaccines. You know, I don't like, I I get both sides of the argument Um, for the athlete's perspective. Their job is making them work under unusual circumstances, the same as some essential workers. I know people don't consider sports essential jobs, but they did actually work in the pandemic when a lot of people were at home. So I see both sides of the coin. I also see that, the public vaccines available and the private vaccines available are two completely separate entities. People know, I mean, money makes the world go round and I'm sure the NHL has a lot of money. The NFL is going to have a lot of money. The NBA got a lot of money. A lot of people are going to have a lot of money to pay for these vaccines. And, and, also, and also, let
2: me just say this. It's not going to us having, a feeling away way about it. It's not going to stop it. Facts. It's not going to stop it. Literally. Simply so, put, and I even
0: saw, away. I even saw to Cole's point, I saw people actually tweeting Pfizer um, and telling them don't do it as if a company is not going to collect a check. Like, I've never seen a company turn down a big check like that. Not never. But moving on to remotely random. And this one is where I just give out random things, random stuff that's going on this week. And I don't know if anybody saw, but I have a new job this 2020. It has been announced that I will be the analyst for the Hawks all season long for Hawks Live. I don't know, but it's called Hawks Live is the pre, yeah, Hawks Live is the pregame, halftime, postgame for the NBA team, the Atlanta Hawks. I'll be doing that with Fox Sports South. And I'm excited because no one actually really knows what the Hawks are going to look like this season. Um, A lot of new parts, and I'm excited about that. There's a preseason game. Literally going on today is Friday, but it's starting and everything's starting in the lineup. The perspective lineup is Trey Young, Bogdan, Solomon Hill, John Collins, Clint Capella. And on paper, now on paper, I mean, this looks like a team that can compete and will compete. And so I'm excited. I know a lot of people need to pay attention too because. With a lot of moving parts, you should not expect the Hawks to just come out firing in, in preseason. I mean, if they are amazing, but it takes time to gel and they have a lot of new pieces. So I'm excited to kind of be there front row seat and, and see how the Hawks grow this season. So yes, new news. Yes, Atlanta Hawks. We are a part of the family. More Atlanta stuff. You know, I'm here for all things ATL. Moving Congratulations. On moving on. Thank you, Cole. Thank you. I know and I guess Paul was saying when I um teased this episode 1, he thought that was a little too he thought I gave you guys a little too much and no one even knew. So they thought I could have been there the was a poll they thought I could have been, huh?
3: They had a poll on Twitter, remember?
0: Oh yeah, they did. They did. Twitter's back by the way, I don't know if people know, but like Twitter is my favorite app right now. I'm just going to leave that there. Moving on to remote scoreboard. We got some interesting stuff today. I can't wait for rap. wrap, but moving on to remote scoreboard. What do you have for us VP?
3: Uh, so first we'll go over the female fans helped push the cyber cyber week sports apparel sales. They doubled from last year's um, with the increase because they had new partnerships with like Tommy Hilfiger and uh, Vineyard Vines and Levi's and Alex and Ani bracelets
0: you're gonna see a common thread going on and it's called the oh women are popping thread and it's gonna be on here oh and remotely Renee, that is where you're gonna hear it because I talk about a lot of things that women are doing a lot of companies leagues just networks don't believe in the power of women. And the reason I say that is because the numbers show it. There's not a lot of women in management. There's not a lot of women in positions of power. They don't use a lot of women influencers and the list goes on. Analysts commentators. There's just not a lot. You don't see them by the boatloads, but on the other side of things, I saw an interesting stat that came out that said the NWSL, which is the women's soccer league and the WNBA led an engagement now. What that means is they have the most engagement. Was it on Twitter, Paul, or all social media? Mm -hmm. We don't know. Sorry, but go. You can go look somewhere and see. I tweeted about it. But the point is that both of those leagues, for all the rating nonsense that people talk about and all the no one cares nonsense that people talk about, the numbers just really aren't showing that. What's next, Paul?
3: Well, I got a question for Cole and Snook. Like when when you guys were buying like sports apparel, like female sports apparel, like did you guys have trouble ever buying it? Um, female sports
2: apparel – yeah. I mean, I literally remember Renee playing for Minnesota when she got drafted. And I was like, where's the jersey? Where's the jersey online? And she was like, Cole, the jersey is not out yet. You got to <laughs> give it two seconds. I was like, why is it not already somewhere for me to click the button to pay for it to get it? So at one point, it's it is still is. I I honestly because I'm biased, I really don't search anyone else's apparel except for my sister's (laughs) I love it, Cole. I can't say that I've looked for other women's apparel, but it is something that you hit and miss, especially with jerseys and stuff like that. It's, you can't find it really, so.
0: A term they use is pink it and shrink it is what I read in a news article where for women's stuff, it just wasn't a lot of variety. It was, okay, here's this thing, let's make it pink and make it in a small. What do you think, Snook? What's your answer to Paul's question?
1: Okay, well, Paul, this is how it is. Okay, so uh, I have went and looked for family members who were interested and friends who wanted to buy women's apparel. But I was blessed. My daughter kept me in the in the know with that. Kept me suited up, armored up, and all.
0: <laughs> you best you ready. Leave it. I, every Christmas, <laughs> I'm giving everybody gear. Yeah. Period. Yeah. What's next on the scoreboard?
3: Next is. Floyd Mayweather is fighting Logan Paul and they're pre-selling it for $25 for the first 1 million buys and then I think it's 60 for the after that and then like 75 day of
0: Okay, so I'm really torn about this. Like I'm torn on so many That's levels. Smart, on one level, I want to see Floyd like knock Logan Paul out. I'm just going to say it. I want to see it. But the uh... other level is that I like we're giving Logan Paul what he wants. Like he's in a win-win situation. Like if Floyd, if Floyd Mayweather knocks him out, no shocker alert. And then if he does even okay and last, or if he, let's even say wins, which I know that that's not very likely, but that's a win-win for him. Like what, like there's no bad situation. Logan Paul is getting, what is his name? Is that his name?
3: Yeah. Okay, Logan
0: Paul is literally getting, like, exactly what he wants, even for the other influencers. There's, like, a line of athletes in every sport that wants to fight him. If he's getting 600000 a pop minimum, like, he has a whole career now, one, fighting people that may not know how to fight, and two, actually fighting real fighters in exhibitions. So it's crazy to me. Y'all have any thoughts on that? Like, what are y'all's thoughts on – and then – uh. $25 for the first million like that's crazy because they know they're going to do more than 1 million buyers but what are y'all like how do y'all feel about this fight coming up
2: I think it's crazy I think it's okay to fight the randoms the people who may not know how to fight luck it up but for you to go up in there and even let this man play like he's gonna hit you in the head I I don't know I just that's just me like when fighting like people who are in that profession got it but it's just a different level when you step into the ring to even shadow box a real boxer well he supposedly is a
0: real boxer you know that he he has boxed before logan paul is not just an influencer logan paul is an actual boxer that's why he that's why he was able to knock nate robinson out so he's had one fight a lot of people i mean that was
3: his brother oh that was his
0: brother
3: that yeah, was no, his brother. No. Logan Paul is the older one. He's, he's a 0 and 1. It's he not fought the one. another YouTuber.
2: No, it's not. No. Oh, my gosh. This is even worse. So
0: they're giving both no, of the brothers a whole It's career. worse. It's worse. It is no, worse. it's
3: worse because Logan Paul is 0 and 1 versus a YouTuber. Yeah. Another YouTuber. Oh,
0: my gosh. And now he gets to fight, fight Floyd Mayweather? That's what I said. Yeah. I, that's what I said they So pay 50
3: pay. and 0 versus 0 and 1.
0: Oh my, and all I keep seeing about is his Instagram followers, you know, like that's, we know that's what got him the fight, but right. imagine having 20 million Instagram followers that can buy you anything. Like even a fight with Floyd Mayweather, Snook, so what you think? Well, I, I just
1: think it's, i uh, going along with you with that, you know, he's getting rich off of doing really just, you know, stepping in the ring and having his uh, his people on Instagram follow him. And I-, I just really don't see much in it. You know, I just I just don't see much
2: in it. I don't, I don't understand why he is so excited. I, that's well, because me. he
0: got to skip the line. So I'll tell you, Cole, a lot of people are upset because there's a lot of fighters that have trained their whole life to try to get the a bike. fight with Floyd Mayweather. And there's a lot I- of boxers that right now are in their prime that want that, even if it's an exhibition with Floyd Mayweather. There's a lot of boxers that would be, more qualified, obviously, to have an exhibition with Floyd Mayweather. So it's really crazy that an 0-1-1 YouTube sensation, like that. this is crazy, Snook.
1: But the thing is, do they have 20 million
2: followers? That's That's it. it. That's it. That's the bottom line, the dollar. And that's to say, this is a reality show lifestyle we that's what people know people know the reality show and that's reality that's a reality show to them so yeah, yeah.
3: well on I the athlete it. branding side uh boxers and MMA fighters are probably the worst at doing the off the field stuff so that's mm-hmm. not that you could take that into account too on the box especially boxers. Yeah.
0: they want some life but, in the boxing like and and I don't care what anybody says because Dana White um was quoted saying he thinks it's terrible for boxing. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think it's amazing for boxing because for casual fans like me, who there's a heavyweight fight that happened this past weekend. And I don't know anything about it. I only know that one person uh, tried to kiss a reporter against her will. And so I hope that Joshua, the guy that's fighting him, like I'm I'm glad to see what happens. But like to me, I don't watch boxing enough to have analysis. And so for me to be into boxing now, that's great for boxing. What's next, Paul?
3: So, so the last question before that one. So the numbers are Floyd Mayweather's highest pay-per-view buy was, uh, was uh, 4.6 million buys. Logan Paul's versus other YouTuber was 1.2 million buys. And Tyson Jones last last week was, it says more than 1.6 million. And that was in the, t- so that's the top 10 ever. Wow. So, uh, wh- so the influencer
0: package works. So they're over- trying, everybody's going to do it
3: over under 2 million
0: bucks. Ooh. Ooh, I say over 2 million. You got Floyd Mayweather. I think a lot of people uh, like are saying that Floyd is going to win obviously, but everybody still wants to watch it. It's not like we're watching in suspense. Everybody just wants to see what it looks like. So, over 2 million. What do you think, Cole? Same, over 2 million easily. Snook, over or under 2 mil? Over. <laughs> they about to cash out. Moving There's on. What, no what, what's next? One more thing. Uh, it's just like
1: any other thing, you know. Uh, that's why they play the game. Merryweather might make a bad slip
0: and get knocked out. You just oh, might- uh, oh, Snook, Oh, don't uh, even speak Snook, of zero, that.
3: Zero, zero, zero percent chance.
0: Paul said there is a zero percent chance that uh, that Floyd loses. Zero. Yeah. What's next? What's next?
3: Alan Kaepernick gets his own ice cream by Ben and Jerry's.
0: Did y'all see I saw, this? I Did saw that. And, you know, I was like, so we covered this on TMZ Sports and you can't call it ice cream. It's called a dessert because he's vegan and they couldn't use a lot of things that they make their normal ice cream with because they made it vegan for him. All proceeds are going to be donated. That's one thing I like about Colin Kaepernick. Everything he does, even with his Nike shoes, those, those exclusive releases, like whenever he does a lot of these collabs, he donates most times, hundred percent of the proceeds. So it makes you want to go out and buy it, knowing that. All right, let me try this this dessert and and see what it's hitting for. (laughs) And I'm also donating to a good cause. I think the dessert. I forget it has. It actually sounded all right. It had like graham cracker in it. What what, like caramel
3: fudge? Caramel
2: fudge. I won't even be able to taste it probably till March because it's going to sell out. Number one number two i actually that's what i love about him too is that he talk, talk and he walks the walk so he says if i'm gonna give back i'm not gonna negotiate giving back just give it all to him just give it all to him that's
4: so amazing. i love it and
2: that's i will amazing. be looking for this ice cream i mean this dessert <laughs>
0: <laughs> dessert <laughs> no Luke, you snook go you going to try out collins ice cream oh i mean dessert <laughs> if
1: it comes to west virginia i will
0: oh come <laughs> on ben and jerry's that's another thing everything doesn't go everywhere yeah right. no we don't
1: have ben and jerry's here in this particular area what'd you say we don't have a ben and jerry's here in this particular area yeah but, but hopefully
0: sell- at kroger it's not at kroger oh it's not going to be uh okay well
1: if yeah. it's at kroger i'll definitely buy it yeah I'll yeah
0: yeah, Snook to check it out. We are going to check out that tasty treat. I, you love to see it. That was the last thing, right? So we're moving on. I'm really, you know, what did you think about Shea Ser- Serrano, Paul? Because you you follow him on the internet. What are your thoughts about Shea?
3: Um, He's the most mysterious man on social media, which is odd to say because he's on social media.
0: Love so, it. I yeah. agree. I couldn't wait to interview Shay just because, like, so... There's so many things I enjoy about Shay. I mean, he's the New York Times bestseller, so he's there's that, but he actually just won Big League Citizen of the Year award for donating almost a half a million dollars with his organization with his organization Gorilla Phil- Philanthropy. Now, that's all amazing and we actually don't even hit on that because that happened after I interviewed him. But what I really enjoy about Shay is that he trolls all the trolls on the internet all day long. Don't come at him with no junk. Cause he's going to come back at you. Check out Shay. Okay. Okay. I'm here with the number one New York times, bestselling author co-host of a podcast called the connect, which I recently saw that your, your co other co-host.
4: Was <laughs> going
0: off. But my favorite thing that I enjoy about my next guest is that, roast twitter trolls like all day love it can't get enough of it Shake <laughs> thank you for joining remotely renee i am excited about this one this is the most interesting man in the world by the way this is what me and my manager paul always say
4: that's a that's a super big buildup. i'm gonna spend the whole interview and just be as boring as possible now.
0: no don't do it don't do, i'll let the <laughs> people know what they are getting do you know because <laughs> do a lot of different things so I, I just like what you do and I'm going to start with halfway books so mm-hmm. how did it become a thing why is it named that way because my first thought I think of is ain't no such thing as halfway crooks." so there okay, it is. that's my first thing but you let me hear you say what what's, what is it all about
4: that is exactly why it is named what it is named it's a, a play off of the mob deep line from shook ones which is a, an outstanding rap song probably one of the greatest rap songs of all time um so I, I am working at the moment on a rap book myself. Working on rap book, uh, working on any sort of book is a very lonely process. You're the only person really working on it for you know, 14 months or 15 months until you start giving it to your editor. So I started this thing, Halfway Books, which is like a basically it's a pretend publishing company that I run where I just hire my own writers to write about a rap thing. In this case, I hired five writers each of them to write about one specific album, about 3000 words. And then we just build it as like a, basically as a, as a digital thing, you read it on your phone or your iPad or computer or whatever. And then we put it up for sale and you know, all of the money goes directly to them. But I just wanted to have some people who were working on a rap thing while I was working on a rap thing. And then I can have some friends and paying people to be my friend. That's what no, it is. No,
0: So I like that. And that's what I was gonna say about you being an author. Typically when people hear author, they don't think of scrubs. They don't think of the office. They don't think of rap, you know, when you think of authors and what they write about, but that's what I love about what you do. You write about different type of topics, topics that somebody that might not read might actually read your stuff. So how did you get like, like first, how did you just even get into that field? to like, I'm just going to write a book. Like, I'm just going to do it.
4: All of this stuff that happened with my writing career, it all was an accident. I was teaching, I was a teacher middle school teacher for nine years my wife was a teacher as well we were getting married she got pregnant with twins a few months into the pregnancy she had some pregnancy complications she couldn't work anymore and then all of a sudden it was like you know we have one teacher salary that's supposed to pay for me and her and these two kids that we have coming and yeah it just it wasn't wasn't enough teachers make like a thousand bucks every two weeks or something Um, we're living in Houston it just didn't didn't fit. So I was trying to find another job that I could do to just float us until she went back to work. And, you know, I tried at target or pop a or whatever. And I kept getting turned down because they said I already had a full-time job and I couldn't work when they needed me to. Wow. So I'm just Googling work from home jobs. Writer was one of them. I, said, I guess I'll try this. I started so you freelance. you have
0: never written anything before? You just kind of no, no, no. university that like just...
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you grow up a certain way, it's just like you get a if you need a thing, you have to figure out how to get the thing. I didn't have any experience with any of that. I didn't know anybody in the field. But yeah, it was just like, everything is on the internet. Let me read about it. Let me get some books, start sending some emails and see what happens. And then, you know, that took off. I did that for a few years, freelancing. I eventually got like a full-time writing job. And then I started doing books Um, around 2013 or 14 is when all of that stuff opened up for me, really.
0: So we're talking about Different people, a lot of people call teachers heroes, you know, like mm-hmm. because they teach and everything. Who is someone that you would consider a hero in real life? Like somebody that may not, get out. like for instance, some people might consider you a hero in real life because you're giving people a way to, to write, giving people a way to express themselves. Halfway books is, is a job opportunity for people and that's what you needed and you created that. So who would you consider is a hero in real life?
4: Am I, is this a thing where I'm like not allowed to pick my parents or whatever? I have to, whatever you want. oh, yeah, okay. Can you do, well, both?
0: do both, actually. I want to do both,
4: yeah. All right. So, yeah, we'll go, we'll go that way because, uh, you know, we grew up on the south side of San Antonio. My, they, my parents, they had me when they were teenagers and my, you know, they had to drop out of school. Nobody got a degree. They're just like hustling their way through it. And so, you're growing up watching them do that, watching them go through the like the little food stamp hustle where you're flipping like two for one type of things or, or the like the big trash hustle where you borrow someone's truck and then you drive through the neighborhood and, and pick up the like valuable pieces of trash and take them to the, to the flea market and clean them up and sell them. Or, you know, I'm watching them like do what they need to do to, to make it. So you, you know, I, i become a, a grown up and I find myself in some spots where I'm like, Oh, I don't know how we're going to pay these bills. I'm just going to try and do what they were doing, hustling for that. Yeah. So there's that one. And then like, yeah yeah we're we're saying you're saying a bunch of nice stuff about me i'm like just turn it back to you i started following you when i saw you doing all of the activism stuff during the during the protests, and i was like well i know this person from following the WNBA. let me see what's going on and i think it started out real small you were just out there like handing out bottles of water to people as they were walking by and i'm like oh okay cool and then four months later you're on every tv channel and and show like you did you did the exact same thing like i'm sure that wasn't that what probably wasn't your plan or what you had like aimed for, but you just were following your feet. It's, a, it's the same thing here. So I'll pick you. There you go.
0: Oh, wow. Thank, look, that's lit. Okay. I'm gonna definitely going, this is definitely going to be A lot of times when the athlete makes a decision to leave, it's like a whole different scenario than when the team makes a decision to leave. For instance, DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I know everybody.
4: <laughs> I'm going to go. I quit. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is the worst oh. interview I've ever done. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so tell me, what are your thoughts on that? Because you see how if the player makes a decision, sometimes people have a, a problem with it. But when a franchise decides to get rid of a good player, not, it's no problem. It's just a trade. It's just part of the business. What are your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins? and what the tech that, is-
4: that was like one of those situations where a, a sports trade happened and it just really hurts in your chest a, a whole, whole lot. This is... One of the best receivers in the in the in the NFL. 2018. This is my favorite like recent football stat of all time. 2018. They threw the ball. Deshaun threw the ball, or whoever the quarterback we might have had when Deshaun was out, threw the ball at DeAndre Hopkins 115 times during the 2018 season. 115 times they threw it at him. And he caught it 115 times. He had zero drops for a whole season. Every time they threw the ball to him, he caught it. And then, you know, know that. so you, it's, it's unreal. That at the time, the greatest in the, in the NFL, you can argue top two or three maybe right now. Um, but Dad you like have that. this guy. You have this guy that is just beloved in Houston. Just a beloved person. Every, you know, the only stories you hear about DeAndre are good stories. Same as like when we had Andre Johnson. Same as what you hear about Deshaun. The only stories that ever come out are like he, does, he did this really nice thing for these people, blah, blah, blah. But he gets into it with Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien at the time was not only the coach, but also the GM yes. who's, who's have oversight over the coach and Bill shipped oh. him out of there. I think Bill, I think Bill knew he was done at the, at the Texans. And he was like, you know what, let me just, let me just burn all these bridges real fast. Right. Let me set it all on fire. That's, Terrible. That's- we, we didn't even get a first round pick. Are you serious? Are you serious? What are we doing? What are we doing?
0: WNBA team it doesn't have to be like my team but do you are you like because you know there used to be a team in San Antonio the stars used to be yeah yeah
4: yeah they, they were in San Antonio they left they became the aces I started following the, M- the WNBA when Asia got to the league and I was like looking for a team yeah and I said oh well they were already in San Antonio let me like look look up them it was a young team they had Asia they had Kelsey um, and then you know they just kept getting these big drafts we got Liz now the Erica, like that's my team. Uh,
0: y'all, are, y'all are
4: stacked. We, 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 would, we would, I, I swear, we, I was just on a Zoom the other day with, uh, with Sue Bird for this other podcast uh-huh. and I fell back because we lost to them in the finals, but we, I think we would have beat Seattle if we had all of our pieces. Oh. If we had our pieces, I think we would have been, oh, okay, we, we, listen, with you can't do much with Brianna Stewart. When she, get, when she turns it on, when she turns on the big engines, there's not a lot you can do but I think if you have De'Arica Hamby out there chasing her around, bumping her, shoving her a little bit—that
0: was a big blow. That was a big. That blow. that one hurt. Right before right before the final, that was that was a big blow. But Seattle's tough. I mean, I think you guys would give them a run for the money. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a rematch next year. You never know with, with those two teams. But look, I hope
4: so. I hope so. <laughs> I hey, did do you ever talk to do you ever talk to Kennedy Carter? Is that like your friend? Oh, How does that work? I
0: don't like talk to her on a normal basis now.
4: She, she was like, uh, you know, the, the, when the rookies were coming in, I was really excited about her. I was watching her a lot of Texas AM. Yeah. Um, I started following her when she hit that big shot in the tournament, that game winner. Yeah. That, like, pop, pop. Yeah. From the top of the key. I and I'm like, oh, I let me watch this player.
0: This. You're yeah. I'm a real fan of women's basketball. I love it. I love it. Guys, thank you. That was good. All right. Listen, ain't no such thing as halfway books. I love it. I love it. I love everything as Shay is doing. Shay, thank you for joining us here. Now we're gonna move on to remotely social. And I didn't even ask you, Paul or Cole, for a clip, but Snook had just randomly sent me a clip. So I'm like, I'm about to use Snook's clip and see what you guys think. Um, Snook, tell us about your clip.
1: Okay, well, evidently um, some parents, you know, with COVID going on, everyone is not allowed to attend their children's uh, games like basketball or whatever. And so uh, for this particular clip, I guess it was just limited to the parents being there for the basketball game and everyone was standing and waiting for the national anthem to occur. And they had technical difficulties. The sound system was not working. So this brave father just burst out singing the national anthem. Now it wasn't Whitney Houston or anything like that, but, I give him kudos for having the gumption to sing it all the way through. And when he finished, he sat down and started eating his popcorn.
0: <laughs> all right, so that was a great setup, Snook of Look Wow. Like, that was good. <laughs> Okay, so what are your thoughts, <laughs> reactions? Like, how did he do?
3: think he can sing better than me.
0: <laughs> I'm about
2: to say, I actually don't think, I was expecting a lot worse. So I don't think he did too bad for somebody who just gonna belt it out and just, just give it to him. I think
4: he did good.
0: I think <laughs> that he was all of us in the shower, but he actually sounds like, okay. Like he was yeah. singing, I mean, he was singing hard too. So he was really trying to hit some of them notes. I, like, yeah, I expected it to be way worse than that. It was like, there were good moments for sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yes. definitely. And you know, and a lot of times when people realize somebody's putting themselves out like that, they might, the crowd might've just joined in. They're helping, but no one joined in, you know. They gave That's him his that.
0: spotlight. They said, oh, you got it. I mean, he was singing hard <laughs> though. It was like, that was his moment or something. Like, yes. It was like he had prepared his whole life for that. And so I want to show a quick, um, remotely social image because I was just like blown away at this. Um, So Jim Boeheim said, this is my 45th year as a head coach of Syracuse. But first of all, that's amazing. 45 years. Unbelievable. But he said, this is his first year that he's had to wear a mask on in the photo. Look at this. Look at this team photo. If this isn't 2020, a 2020 marker in history photo, like what do y'all think that mask on for photos was is a normal idea like what are we thinking about that
1: well they weren't social distancing so I think it's uh appropriate
0: okay um, I like that
2: I think 99 percent sure the next school said y'all will not stand that close <laughs> to each other without some type of mask I mean because you I know what I'm saying it's like crazy
0: it's crazy, but because you gotta think in practice, they're sweating and guarding each other face to face. I know they don't have a mask on there. Um, it's like sports is just not COVID friendly Like, what do you think about uh, the they mask probably ball?
3: took one with what they probably took one without mask and one with mask?
0: They got to because that one was kind of trill. I'm not gonna lie, they had the neck gators on, those aren't even masks, those are neck gators. And
3: yeah, that was those anyways.
1: But they wanted to be politically correct because yeah. they're trying to get the right message out there. Otherwise, they would have just not had them on. But they're trying to say that they're politically correct and doing what's necessary to stay safe. So I, I applaud them
0: for that. Up, I applaud sir. them too. I, I don't know if you guys for...
3: saw I don't know if you guys saw what Coach K did. Uh, he said he's not he they canceled non-conference and they said they're not employees, like we have to protect them.
0: Wow, yeah, he's... I did see that. So Coach K The reason he said they're not employees and we have to protect them because a lot of universities, pretty much all of them up until this point, just function as businesses like the athletes are employees. And that's why the discussion of name, image and likeness became a thing. That's why now athletes are going to get paid because we were employees at UConn when we played there. And I'm an employee now um, in the WNBA. And I love that Coach K is protecting his players. But we have to move on. That's almost a discussion for another day. We're moving on to remote show and tell. And so remote show and tell is powered by New Energy because we have our first sponsorship. And New Energy's products seeks to resolve imbalances and blockage with the hu- human body and promotes natural healing to those affected areas. Now, this week, Snook is going to be the one showing and telling. So what do you have for us this week, Snooka? up.
1: Okay, so I have two things. Let me start with the uh the broad spectrum hemp. It's a salve that you use and you rub it on your areas that are causing you problems. Now, I love this stuff. I've had a neck surgery and I've had some rheumatoid arthritis and I've used it and I use it twice a day. I use it in the mornings and I use it in the evening before I go to bed and it makes my neck more fluent, not as stiff. I don't have that pain or that Kind of crunch, I feel. Snook, you could and be on market.
0: QVC. Like, I just, like, you You got it. Like, I mean, like, I, I'm going <laughs> away. I I, might, I gave you the product, like, because I work with the company. But, wow, they need to keep this. Keep going.
1: Yes, and so the rheumatoid <laughs> arthritis in my hands, you can see that I have full um, movement there. I have been on some heavy medications and unable to use my hands at all. So this has been a miraculous for me. Thank you, Renee. Ah! And, then the, and then the second thing I have to show you is the mask. Now, uh, I don't know how Renee talked me into sending a picture of this mask with me having it on. Oh, this yeah. Is the best I'm a spa girl. I go to the spa and get facials and things of that nature. And this, you use this, and after you take it off, you can actually see the difference in your skin. And I love it. So... E-C-N has great products. And if you are a lady who wants to do a mask, please, you need to try this. It's miraculous. Nikki has used it as well. It makes you... I was about to
2: ask. Yeah, is that the one I had? Yeah. That's it. Amazing. I loved it. I I was mad. That I didn't. I was like sitting on there and my son was looking at me like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> it, felt so, it felt so good, when I took it off my skin, looked like literally like all of the, the dead cells were gone and it literally, I was literally glowing. So I loved it. Unbelievable. I loved it. You know what? So, great, great
3: so great when I saw the text message, I thought it was like a mask, like, you know, 2020 he, mask. He
0: thought That's it was mask off, yeah. mask off. <laughs> no so wow amazing snookabooka i we need to actually i'm just starting to realize we maybe shouldn't be doing these reviews for free because that was like a whole (laughs) promo ad shouts to ecn though i really actually it's a cbd company and i know the first thing that people think of when they think of cbd is marijuana but ecn's products have 0.0 thc in it Uh, How do I know? Because I was using it as I was playing and I was just fine. Um, I made the mask. So how my family got it is because when I find a product that is dope, of course I share it with the fam bam. So I sent them out some and I'm like, what did you think about it? And Snook liked it so much that I'm like, all right, bomb, remote show and tell. Love it, love it, love it. And we're moving on to you, Cole, with remotely ranting. Listen, we're not ranting. We're just getting some things off of our chest. So it's remotely ranting. Cole, take it.
2: Okay, so I understand everybody shops online. I love shopping online, but I'm gonna just say this, and I hope that they hear me. Where is Toys R Us? Because these buying toys online and buying toys in the store are two totally different things. I have ordered stuff that I thought was like five inches tall that was literally a keychain, <laughs> put it in a stocking. It's no longer going to be wrapped up under the tree. So where is Toys R Us? Because I used to be like, see something online, be like, oh, let me go in here and see just what the product looked like. Right. You know, I mean, on the screen you see it. They have it like against something else. Then you get it. I got it. It was a key, it was literally the size of a keychain. Yeah, I was like, wild. oh, I need toy, and not even that, but just finding the toys is like. If it's the hottest toy, you could guarantee that Toys R Us is going to have it. But everybody else, it's like a hit or miss.
0: Well, where do do you go to get toys toys now? That's actually, I mean, that's where do people, I mean, Amazon. Amazon
3: Amazon bought Toys R Us.
0: Yeah, Amazon bought Toys R Us. But
2: just being able to sometimes hold a product and see Mm, if it is actually something viable for the kid to play with. If it was an adult, you're like, okay, I can deal with it but you don't want to give something to a kid and then you open it up and you're like, oh, this is not even
0: what what I thought that You know what, Cole? That actually is a, I, you know, I know a lot of people can relate to this because a lot of people have bought products online. You try out this new website, it could be a boutique and then all of a sudden your size two fits like a size negative zero, zero. And the things just aren't right so there is something about online shopping where it's like that just Russian roulette you don't know what you're gonna get when it arrives type thing I think that a lot of people have experienced thinking "I'm." this happened with me with like a desk I thought that I was gonna have like a nice little oh, this desk that I'm using right here you know I thought it was gonna be like a certain size this is the size that I ended up wanting but the one I got before this was like just a personal desk i couldn't have fit all my goodies on there so yes yeah. i have been in that position before well here's my
1: story i was ordering <laughs> some superhero stickers for my grandkids to do a little project and when i got them they were about about this size <laughs> you couldn't even hardly see them it's like you would put them on a paper to say oh good job you know aj or Van there wasn't anything that i could use to make you know do what i wanted to do i thought it was going to be like something like this something like this yeah they get
0: us every time
1: but they gave me the size of the sheet instead of saying the individual sticker when i said five by eight i thought okay great but that was the size of the sheet (laughs) (laughs) got him
3: (laughs) (laughs) got her paul have we got a playstation
0: yet just speaking of online shopping is there a playstation in the cart yet
3: no, what is that? What's the hot toy besides like electronic, like, besides yeah, video games? Like,
0: I used to remember, and before you answer that call, <laughs> remember when we <laughs> used to circle things on the magazine? Like, right. we used to have a real production about picking our toys every year. Well, you know, kids nowadays, no matter how young they are
1: five, six, seven I've had requests for uh, cards they can use to play video games. They don't want the video game, they go online and they have to have, you know, money or whatever to be able to play the game. And so they Oh, a call.
0: definitely. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's Virtual
3: get... currency. Oh, yeah.
0: Virtual yeah. currency. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. not <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally a card. And yeah. it is crazy. You
0: could I'm put not going to lie, though. <laughs> exactly, Cole. But I'm not going to lie. Snook, did I not tell y'all every year? What what did I want for Christmas for like 10 years in a row? McDonald's. Uh,
1: McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there were cards where you could get the movie, download the movies on- uh, iTunes,
0: I iTunes, iTunes. Oh, iTunes, yeah,
1: iTunes.
0: I, that's everybody. when, whenever, whenever I was playing overseas, every single year I told, this is before like, yeah. you know, they figured everything out overseas, but I used to buy like seasons at a time on iTunes so that when I went overseas that I had stuff to watch. So every Christmas I told everybody, don't get me nothing I- but iTunes gift cards. Moving on to remotely
1: trending. Your aunts asked me recently, did you want iTunes this Christmas? I said, I don't think so. (laughs) I
0: mean, yeah, you can tell them to give it to me because I use that for Candy Crush too. So iTunes is like, you know, Candy Crush is a currency too. So anytime anybody wants to do some iTunes gift cards, I'm down. Moving on to remotely trending. Shouts to my aunties, the Buckeyes, what's good? (laughs) Moving on to remotely trending. Curious you guys' thoughts on this. Competitive breakdancing will be at the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. Some think, some think it will attract a younger audience that may not be into traditional sports, while others are like, yeah, nah, dancing is not a sport. Now, we polled our Instagram, but I want to hear y'all's thoughts before we tell you the results of the poll.
1: Did you say breakdancing? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah,
3: breakdancing. Yeah. <laughs> Has this
1: come past already? Has what has, you, has this time passed already? Isn't this something from the past that is Listen, not really that- listen, uh, right they now. wanted
0: to bring it back. I'm not gonna lie, I <laughs> love the Jabberwockies. You got served was a hit. So I could see how, like, not for nothing. I know a lot of people are like, it's not a sport, but I could see how this would be wildly entertaining. Like to watch two teams, it's literally you got served in real life two teams do it for a little saint battling out i mean like i could see the appeal what do you think
2: i think that it's it's good for entertainment but how do you get a technical difficulty on those for a sport like
0: you didn't pop and lock it
2: three times you only <laughs> the two,
0: is there you a know? certain amount of popping locks you gotta yeah, do like, yeah i'm
2: saying like so how do you do the technical of that it's like everybody has to do a snake everybody gotta do a robot like what is what are you gonna do yeah so i i think it's good for entertainment i love dancing shows you know there's dance shows all over tv now yeah but to be the olympic games i think it's going a little bit far just
0: a little bit paulino vp what are yeah, you No
3: nah. Nah, you can't you can't be giving them all they can't be getting olympic gold medal that's too way too prestigious <laughs> for breakdancing like like uh they should have a different competition like X Games. But, I mean, I think those kind of sports would be in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, okay. I was going to say that. I mean, because I personally, speaking of the X Games and, like, love it, great, I would watch breakdancing over snowboarding. Just me personally, like, if I saw both things on my TV guide and I'm looking at my TV guide, I might be like, what, breakdancing? And I would click that before I would click olympic sports just me personally not saying that nothing against them i'm just saying i will watch that i really hope the Jabberwockies go to the pairs 2024 olympics i'm like what are the results paul what did the so we pulled our instagram um that's at remotely renee we pulled everybody and we asked them that exact same question do you think that breakdancing should be an olympic sport what's the results
3: so it was 50 50 but we just all broke it so it's it's a no
0: though I told you it's it's mixed feelings about this like some people I saw you know I like to read threads so I sometimes I go to posts I'm there just for the comments and I'll go like a hundred comments deep I want to know what everybody thinks about it and I actually saw some people saying while y'all are out here trying to disrespect dancers there's a way more discipline to it because imagine grinding the way you grind for not the same shine that athletes get and so when I read that I was like, huh, I can see that. Like, even if you're an underground thing and you've been practicing your whole life and there's never really been a platform for you to display your skill set yet, you still practice every year. Like, I don't know if I would play basketball. I mean, I love basketball, but even as an adult, like I wouldn't play basketball as an adult because if it's not making me money, I have to go to a job. But some of these break dancers, like they're ready to go. Like they could have been in the 2020 Olympics because they're still active. So I mean kudos to them for I guess like staying I with it because that's
1: like good, cheerleading
0: yeah cheerleading oh but see cheerleading is more it's already
2: a very technical sport they already have parameters yeah. in place for that so I but no so I would they just have say, it at the Olympics but i I can see that the Olympics I can see cheerleading I'm just saying breakdancing so like, but
0: cheerleading made it before break I mean breakdancing made it before cheerleading cheerleading is an Olympic sport
2: I don't, so. I don't think it's not an Olympic sport. Wow, I think that's so. surprising because them
0: cheerleading competitions are no they're, joke. Oh, they're, they're athletes.
2: Cheerleaders are but athletes, see, But dancers are athletes too. And I agree with what Renee's right, saying. They right. you have the same grind, they're working hard. I just said for breakdancing, just to break into the Olympics, that's a <laughs> lot of technical. you got to get in play and you know what I'm saying? You got to figure that all out just to throw it up in there. It's got to be a little bit more.
0: I don't know how you would do that. Love yeah, they, they, they got
3: to make their own they got to make their own competition <laughs> their own games. I agree.
0: Also they are not allowed in the Olympics. They need to make their own breakdancing <laughs> Olympics. Maybe summer like you know how there's the winter Olympics, maybe they need to make another like category. All right,
3: well that's what I'm saying. So say it was say it was I don't know, John Walker the 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 gold Olympian that's uh, a breakdancer and in in your Renee Montgomery the basketball player that's an Olympian gold medal like that's not How is that comparable?
0: (laughs) Some would say it does. And some would say, this is absurd. That's why I mean our results were literally 50-50. So it does tell you that some people are here for it, but I'm going to move on to hero IRL. Um, There's a lot of heroes out there. And this week, the one that we're honoring is a frontline worker in Texas, but she's actually way more than that. So Dr. Kwanzaa is an emergency room physician at a Houston hospital. And she talks about like how long her days are. She talks about having to sleep away from her family for four months. Um, what else? Oh, and she talks about how to balance all of that while actually being a DJ. Just check out Dr. Kwanza, man, hero IRL.
5: So what's up you guys? I'm Dr. Kwanza Pinkney. I'm a board certified emergency physician out here keeping it trill in Houston, Texas. Um, holding it down right now in uh, COVID season central. And I'm just really happy to be here with you guys. Um, I'm an emergency physician, I'm a DJ, uh, I make meditation music, I write books, I do all kinds of stuff. So I'm I'm super grateful to be here and uh, that's me in a nutshell. You know, I think very similar to your story. I mean, I kind of grew up in a background where I was the first many times and it wasn't really till after I graduated. I think I was just doing something for my bio and I was like, oh, snap, I think I am the first and um, it came to light sort of in the background, but I never really saw it that way. Medicine is just a tough field, period. Um, and so I think more so just being able to get through the process of medical school residency and then um, even more challenging a career, an active career in um, community medicine um, has been beyond anything I could dream of. So that was sort of like shadow, But I mean, it's cool, it's dope, but I'm sort of used to that. I think any of us in... Um, in uh, areas where we're playing at a higher level, uh, we're gonna experience that. And I think you just have to roll with the punches and that's sort of my approach across the board. I mean, right now, I think I'm the only uh, African-American leader um, administrator in my hospital. So it's it's the same thing, but I try not to put it in that narrative. It's just uh, work that needs to be done and representation that needs to be had. So I'm happy to do it, but it's, you know, I'm glad that people recognize that, but at the same time, um, it's just what we do. Man, it's it's been a long journey since March. I think that's when we had our first uh, case at our hospital and we actually had one of the very early cases in the Houston area. And I ain't gonna lie, it was scary. I was like, oh Lord, this is about to be bad. Um, and then it was bad. And it still continues to be bad, and um, I think more so, uh, I think the misinformation that's been spread um, via our past president and also through, unfortunately, cultural belief systems that that communities of color have kind of held um, over a historical period kind of have made things challenging and and we got behind the eight ball. And we know that with COVID right now, I mean, the biggest challenge is getting access um, to care, your biggest likelihood um for survival is your ability to get access to high quality care and so uh, especially for uh, minority populations people who um, don't have access to a lot of financial resources it's really pressing upon those communities to say hey we have to educate ourselves we have to know what's going on we have to be informed and it takes you know people who look like us um to get out there and really say it like this ain't no joke. It's for real. Stopping by the, the bar on your way home, like put your mask on, uh, passing it out. I mean, it's like every day. But um, the workload is tough. I mean, it's it's hard wearing uh, you know, N95 for 14 hours a day, um, and if not longer. But at the same time, you know, we have families to come home to that we uh need to keep safe. I mean, I slept in another room for like four months because I was just like, nah, man, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This is all new territory for us in medicine right now. We haven't never seen this before. Um, This type of virus uh, progressing at this at this rate um, of infection um, in my lifetime, at least. And so um, it's been it's been exhausting. I ain't even gonna lie. I can't front. It's been exhausting. But at the same time, it's like a pleasure to serve. And it's a pleasure to get out and talk to people and, and just you know, reassure their fears, reassure that, you know, we're doing everything that we can for them, that this is not a joke, that this is a real virus that can cause mortality and death um, and disability. And I've experienced it in my own family. I've seen it in friends and families of other colleagues. We've had colleagues to pass away. So it, it's it's hurtful to hear when um, people just don't believe that it's real, uh, that makes it even more frustrating or just an unwillingness to do the basic things that um, we know can can help prevent the spread. And now it's progressed on to production and uh, actually do meditation music for um, the nap bar here in Houston. And actually they're doing some things with the WNBA, which is pretty cool. I know they were trying to help out the bubble cause I know that was, the bubbles looked a little rough in there uh, from, the, from the footage I saw. Uh, so we were trying to, you know, provide some uh, relaxing tunes to help people sleep, meditate do whatever they need to do because right now self-care is everything. I mean, even DJing, I've been doing most of it virtually. Um, and so I can't really say that there's a balance. It's just, we just do it. I do it. And, um, you know, I just find time and it, it makes me happy. And when it doesn't make me happy, I, I chill and do nothing. What's up you guys. It's your girl, Dr. Kwanzaa and we are rocking with remotely Renee. We're in the building.
0: I'm not going to lie, Dr. Kwanzaa, like I could have listened to her talk forever. Just, I mean, she only is breaking every barrier and she casually said it. It's amazing. Uh, She's only saving people's lives daily and she's actually DJing as therapy, wrote a book. Love it. Love it. Love it. Moving on to, I mean, I'm just saying it's one of our favorites. I'm sorry. I love it. Paula probably doesn't love it as much as we love it, but rap where we... Remotely asked Paul and we ask him a lot of different things. I know that you guys noticed last week that Paul didn't really know what a monolith was. And uh, he found that out very quickly after the episode. I even saw some people tweet about it. Um, you guys need to tweet Paul too, so he can see him too. But I saw, I know you saw somebody Paul say uh, hello, a monolith is a monolith. And now Paul, do you have anything to say about that? Just so you can, you know, redeem yourself on, it's not a myth, it's actually real things. <laughs>
3: uh i still (laughs) still don't care about
0: it oh gosh okay so let's see if he cares about this week's topic cole what we got okay
2: so i'm looking through and i'm just reading through my news and i see a title that says racing pigeon sells for 1.9 million after frantic war uh, it was a total shock to everyone, and this is over in China. You had two pseudo names that were in there fighting for this this uh, and elite bird, and the one was Super Duper, one was the Hitman, and Super Duper won, but at 1.9 million dollars for a pigeon. So my question to you, Paul, is: We were just talking about the Olympic Games. We're just talking about you know, rate like different things. Do you think? That pigeon racing be something that goes huge in America. Like, do you think that's going to be a flow over to us? Because if they're spending 1.9 million dollars, can you imagine how much people are betting on these racing pigeons? So, tell me something about this the is a real p- thing, Paul. Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Tell me about the racing pigeon circuit. Like, how does how do you think that works?
3: What do you say about the cells? Is that what you <laughs> said?
2: I said the pigeon sold for $1.9 million.
0: $1.9 million
2: for a pigeon. one pigeon. One. Well, they're one
1: gonna her name is
2: New Kim. Her name is New breeding. Kim. And they're she breeding. was 1.9. He uh, said, are they breeding kind of it? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's a part of it too. She, like, she came from a long line of yeah. the pigeons. Love so that. my question is, <laughs> tell me about this pigeon circuit. Because I have oh, no idea yeah. how it works. But I want to know about the
0: money. I feel like I need to lead with the clip of Paul voice note saying that he can talk about literally everything. Paul (laughs) has not had a clue. I actually, Cole sent me this and I had already read about this. So the fact like, Paul, you need to read more news articles. Snook sends out news articles all day long, but Cole, this was different. But Paul, tell me about the racing pigeons in China. Like, tell me about it. No, tell me about this, no, this
3: one's easy they're gonna bet on it of course they are anyone bets on anything there's already stuff like this so i, I mean why not they're do you th- th- so you
0: think it's going to come over to the u.s She said of course like so of course it's well, going to
3: come well, that was her I question
0: guess. she said do you think pigeon racing is already so big in another country do you think that that could still be that could that happen here in the u.s
3: i don't know pigeons usually attract like viruses and stuff so. <laughs> like, we got
1: um, enough viruses, we got you know, enough viruses. Yeah. It makes me want to go to New York or to Los Angeles or to some big city uh, to some big city and get me some pigeons.
0: I'm telling you. Listen, those <laughs> oh snook, those no, ma'am, snook. Those home alone pigeons are not going to be the ones <laughs> that that can go against those other pigeons racing. I have a feeling that these pigeons ain't just the ones that you go get out on the street and put them in a race. Somebody paying well, million. I mean, you
2: know, trade them. They had just said She said home alone pigeons. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm just saying because
0: if somebody's paying 1.9 million, there's a huge market to Cole's point. That's that's, it. Like somebody just paid 1.3 million for a Wayne Gretzky rookie Jim Mint one of one card. That's a lot of money. It made news, and somebody paid 1.9 million for a pigeon that's what i'm
2: saying and the thing is is that they pay 1.93 for a card so that card is it that's it but a pigeon and 1.9 that pigeon can fly 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 so you can only imagine how much that's why i said paul we Ooh. gotta talk about this. this might be something for us to get into maybe this is our next comma. <laughs>
1: my, my new retired career pigeon trainer <laughs> i
0: <I'm laughs> <I'm> dead, dead. <laughs>
3: This is like some real-life Pokemon stuff right there.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, wouldn't this be crazy, though, that like, in 10 years, we have to go back and get this episode because we remember talking about when pigeon racing was the wildest thing we ever heard, Never and heard it of. was a real thing, but I love it, Cole. I mean, Paul said that's easy. They're going to, what did you say? That's easy. They're going to what?
2: They're going to bet
0: on them.
2: But oh, he they're still did bet bet
0: the comment, but he says
3: too many viruses, so the pigeons. Oh, yeah. people will still bet on it. From the, other, to the, from the other country yeah.
0: that's that's true. true i wonder if you can place bets everything's online now i wonder Fanduel, fandle bali somebody might get into it one of them betting places might get into it but i'm moving on to something that's has a little bit more meat and potatoes anything my snooker booker does is elite so <laughs> Last week, Snook told a story about Fanny Pearl, which is her grandmother, my great grandmother. Now, Snook was raised by Fanny Pearl. People loved it, Snookabooka. Not gonna lie, people loved hearing about my great granny. So to recap, Snook's grandmother had five legal husbands, five of them. We don't know how many illegal husbands she had. I don't even know what that is but we're going to go through all five of the stories go back last week and listen to story one if you don't know it because what is it husband number two is coming right up snookabooka the floor is yours
1: okay so fanny pearl's husband number two she married him around 1920 i would have guessed i don't have any uh marriage certificates or any documents of that of that nature but her uh second husband's name i do have i didn't have the first one's name but the second husband's name was Lewis Smith. And he lived in Rustburg, not far from where she grew up. And his family owned a tree farm and they were in the lumber business. And so the only thing interesting, really interesting I know about him is that he was the only husband that she actually divorced. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so he, uh, she divorced him and I asked him, asked her why. And she said, when she married him, she thought she was just marrying him not his mother. Oh,
0: (laughs) monster-in-law, there's movies for that. (laughs) Monster-in-law, wow. And so I asked her,
1: I said, wow. I said, well, mom, you always told me that when I selected a mate, I should choose someone who treated their mother good because if they treated their mother good, they would treat you good. She said, well, yeah, but she said she needs to be treated good in her house. And he must
0: good <laughs> in your house <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, Wait, listen I think there's <laughs> gonna be I think that there's a lot of moms out there that need to hear this because I know a lot of monster-in-laws and that's mother-in-laws but they use the term monster-in-law because some moms just don't have a good like they just don't handle well letting their babies go and letting someone else take care of their babies Cole do you See yourself being a monster in law in the future? I pray not. I pray every
2: day. <laughs> Wait, my you can't control told, it. You can't control it. You don't even, sometimes you don't even know if you're in that moment, but I'm blessed that my husband gives me the side eye when I go too far with something. He'd be like, now you know, you only. So I'm hoping that he can keep me grounded, but I pray not. I don't want to be a monster in law, but I got four. So I hope that i if the first one say oh you getting over i can be better with the others oh my goodness so
0: my first (laughs) nephew that marries uh the weight of the world is on you because if that doesn't go right cole is going to transform okay what do you consider yourself do you think how do you think you are snook
1: oh i think i'm
0: good i think
1: i'm good
2: I tell think you something I, everybody Mama, that
1: my child brings and says this is the one i try to treat them with the same love i treat my child and and i think you know every now and then there's a little blurb maybe or whatever <laughs> but you still have to remember that that person was the person i didn't choose them my child chose them so i have to give them the respect and the love that they deserve being a part of our family
2: say something yeah my husband Loves my mother. (laughs) He will say he's calling. I'm calling your mom and telling your mom on you because you ain't acting right. So there's no monster in law on this side. Nah, definitely not. She up for him and she'll say, oh, leave him alone. So she's not a monster in law. I can tell you that sometimes I wish she was a little bit more of a monster in law because I'm getting threatened here in Maryland. Sometimes I'm gonna (laughs) call your mother and your father because you just ain't acting right. So
1: (laughs) and and I say too, as far as my mother in law and my husband's family. Uh, he says that his family is my family. They treat me better than they do definitely. him. Definitely. And whenever had a disagreement definitely. or whatever, they would take my side versus his side. And he would get mad, but my family would take his side. So it was kind of balanced. Uh-huh. And uh, let me go back and finish this up with Lewis Smith. Interestingly, she had five husbands. I had a chance to meet three of them. And he was the, one of the one of the ones that I had a chance to meet. Uh, back in the 80s, uh, they had a daughter named Jessie Mae. And because I was raised by my grandmother, we were, we considered ourselves sisters instead of her being my aunt. So when he became ill of health, she went to Westburg to pick him up, to take him back to Detroit to live with her. So they stopped here in West Virginia uh, on the way back to Detroit. And my grandmother was still living then. And I asked her, well, how do you feel about him coming here and spending the night (laughs) since, you know, you all divorced 50, 40, whatever, how many years ago? And she says, Long as he stays in the basement, I'm good with it. <laughs> oh my goodness
0: she's kind of she's nice because I'm telling you what, if I divorce somebody forty years ago, they're out of here. They're not staying in the basement. they're not staying in the garage. I feel like that's uncomfortable, and my house is my peace. So, I'm
2: not breaking bread with you no more. No. We ended that. You're not breaking bread at the table anymore. So you, no, there's no need. There's no need for that.
0: No, Paul, what do you think? Is your mom going to be a monster in law when we need to do a let's date Paul? You're the most eligible bachelor. But when you settle down, VP, what do you think that's going to be like? How's your family going to handle that? That's
3: a no, good question. No idea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All I know, uh, when Snook says these stories, this gives me uh, Back to the Future 3 vibes when they go back in time in the Western days and their <laughs> the great ancestors, like literally, I don't know if you guys have seen it before, but yeah.
0: I have yes, not I- seen it, but I'm sure, Call say Cole, I'm sure has, but I love it. Is that all for the remote Ruth? Do you have anything else on um, Lewis Smith? <laughs> um, no, no, I don't. That's about I like
3: it. His, I, like his, I like his basic name.
0: Yeah, and I like his basic name. And, and Snook's oh, maiden name is Smith. So, oh, let me just say this: uh, she married two Smiths. He was
1: the first Smith she I'm about married. To say. To say that. That's so what I was about
0: to say. Said. I don't think that wasn't. <laughs> oh, she had a thing for Smiths. Movie.
3: Come back with how many Smiths are in the world next week?
0: Oh yeah, because that is <laughs> right. a very common name. And Snook's maiden name is Smith.
1: Yes. Yep. Yes, and I had an uncle who I tried to locate in uh, Philadelphia, who kind of you know, got out of, way, out of the uh, um, out of the way of the family, his name was William Smith and I got a Pittsburgh or Philadelphia uh, phone book and it was like eight pages of William Smith. So yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> tough. that's tough, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, we're moving on. Everybody got your clipboards today, Cole? Beautiful, I'm get ready. your clipboards. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's a 100% chance that y'all better get this one right. Not, not playing, playing. okay I can't, so I
3: can't, I can't play because uh you sent the notes and i looked at them
0: oh no paul cheated so paul can't guess because he cheated he-, he saw the notes he didn't cheat but he's in the chat where i send uh heartland group shouts to heartland where i send them the notes of what the segment is going to be this week and who's the winner and how to do it and so basically i sent him all of my notes and he read them and he saw what it is Anyway, this is called Remote Roses, and this is where I just like to show love. I always like to end the show with showing love. And this week, I'm really excited about this person. You guys better guess it. Guess along with them. Um, LeVar Ball was last week and it did not go well. We said Lafonso. What did they say? Lorenzo Ball, and Lorenzo. all kinds of different wrong answers. So let's see if they can do better this week. So the first hint, hint number one this former louisiana tech grad was selected 12th overall in the 1997 WNBA draft by the new york liberty okay Snook, there ain't no way you know <laughs> all right look at her she's really thinking i'm dead you won't know it yet i did what you know the whole 1997 draft hint number two this hall it. of famer was a letterman in basketball and track and field In track and field, she was the Louisiana State champion on the long jump as a senior in high school. No phones and Googling, Snook. No cheating. I can see you. Hint number four. Look at this. I love this. I love when you guys don't know. Hint number four. In June 2005, in honor of this baller scoring 3,000 points, she was... Sandy Levine, who is the owner of the world famous Carnegie Deli in Manhattan, created a signature sandwich, the VJ Classic, a 3,000-calorie belly-busting sandwich. And now this is the clue. The next clue coming up is the one that should really give it away. This former Aces assistant coach was recently named the head coach of the Dallas Wings. (sighs) I'm so bad with names. Oh my goodness, Snook! Um, I think we need the first name, don't we, <laughs> I'm bad with
1: first names. Oh, that's so good. Show
0: it again, Snook. Let me see your guess. Not the first one. Oh, wait. What's that second one say? So, Snook says V Johnson, Cole Valerie Johnson. <laughs> no, that's not her name. <gasps> uh, incorrect I love this um any more guesses for the VJ belly buster 3,000 calorie sandwich I know who it is I just can't think of the first name oh this is a beautiful thing so the person that we're giving remote roses to this week is Vicki Johnson who was just named <laughs> the head coach of the Dallas Wings Shouts to Vicky Johnson. I love shouts seeing, yeah. Shouts to Vicky. You know, I was talking to Chastity Melvin the other day, but I love seeing former players get the opportunity to be coaches in the league because the passion is there, the knowledge is there, just makes sense. So, giving Vicky, Paul said I should throw these roses behind me at the camera. I'm going to try it out this week. I'm like, who's going to clean this up? I guess I'm going to have to clean it up. But Vicky Johnson, <laughs> congratulations remote roses and look that's all we have for this week um after giving some roses do i get a half a point you get zero points i have no correct answers from you or and 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 two yeah there's no almost is never enough so there is not a a sportsman this was the she won the sportsmanship award we don't give those here oh (laughs) Oh, (laughs) but (laughs) hey, hey Listen, thank you guys for rocking with us, episode three. Um, I hate to end on a somber note, but our family is grieving pretty badly right now. So, my heart is with my sister. Um, yesterday, her best friend, uh, Tamika Pugh, was killed in a car accident, and basically, it gutted our whole family last night when we found out. So, yes. Tamika's family, the Pews, Nashay, my you. sister, We love Love you, you. Xavier. We love you guys. We're thinking of you guys, um, and we got y'all. Catch you next week. Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.